0: Hey everybody and welcome back to Steve's NRL Footy Tips for Round 9. I'm your host, Stephen Westway. Great to have your company here on Wednesday afternoon. We are a day away from the kickoff of Round 9 and we're going to preview all the action on the show today. But before we do, please remember to like the podcast on Steve's NRL Footy Tips on Facebook. Subscribe, leave a review and like wherever you listen to your favourite podcasts, whether it be Spotify, Apple Podcasts or Anchor. That is the best way to stay notified before all the latest updates regarding the show. All right, well, round eight was a a round that saw a few upsets. I mean, the Cowboys, a fantastic performance over Parramatta. It was uh, probably the performance of the week. The Storm asserted their dominance once again, scoring consecutive uh, 50-point games in two weeks. This time it was against the Knights for Destruction Derby of a 50-2 scoreline. The Panthers got another win. The Bulldogs finally got a win on the board after some controversy during the week over Trent Barrett and Phil, Phil Gould and him running the Bulldogs training sessions during the week. So, a lot to talk about in the World of Rugby League and we'll cover it all today. But before we get into my tips for Round 9, um, let's look at the Team of the Week. And as this Team of the Week will show, there's plenty of Storms players and I, I just feel like the Storm and the Panthers are starting to really... Runaway is the best two teams in this competition, and it's a two horse race at the moment. And everybody else is, um, you know, kind of making up the numbers currently. And, you know, it's going to be a huge match, uh, next week for Magic Round in round 10 up there at Suncorp. What a main event that's going to be on the Saturday night between those two big clubs. Penrith could still be undefeated going to that game as well, depending on what happens this weekend in the, uh, match against Parramatta. So, a lot to look forward to down the pike, but, uh, My team of the week this week. For round eight, I had James Tedesco from the Roosters at fullback. Now, um, Tedesco has made the team of the week uh, for the last two weeks despite the Roosters being on a bit of a poor run at the moment. It was a terrible loss there. Bad performance against the Bulldogs who made them pay and they didn't really uh, respect the Bulldogs in that game. Everything wasn't clicking with the hearse again. But Tedesco, 299 metres, a try, four offloads, a line breaks, 11 tackle breaks. Um, he's just in blistering form at the moment. And for anyone that was questioning whether Papa House can get the fullback spot over Tedesco, now Pamela House is on fire at the moment, but for me, James Tedesco's form, he's getting back to his absolute best football at the moment. And since he's the blues captain, I think that it shouldn't be a question at the moment whether he makes a team. I think he will be an automatic selection and, and Brad Fitler's basically said as much. Um, on the wingers in the wings have gone Kyle Felt. From the Cowboys, great performance in the weekend. Scored three tries. Um, always one of the best finishes in the game. And Josh Adokar, another one of the best finishers. He's finally starting to find his groove there at the Bulldogs, and he's scoring tries on a weekly basis again, which is great to see. In the centres, I've gone Katoni Stagg from the Brisbane Broncos and Campbell Graham from the Sydney Rabbitohs. Stag scored a try and was really good in uh, the Broncos' upset victory over Cronulla last Thursday night. But what really impressed me in that game. Um, with Stags' performance was his defence, and he really shut down CSC for Talakai, and obviously there's been rumours that that's a bit of a state of origin audition uh for them, that game was, and um I really thought Stags lifted his game, and I've kind of been critical of his defence in the past, but I think he was outstanding last Thursday night in that victory over Cronulla. Campbell Graham from the Rabbitohs, I think is probably the most underrated centre that we have running around in in rugby league at the moment, and I think that his name should come to the front of a lot of people's minds when picking a, you know, a brand new centre for New South Wales. 190 metres in the weekend, a great try assist for Blake Taft. Campbell Graham's one of these guys that just helps us get out of trouble in their own half every game, and I think that his contributions have been very much underrated and understated uh, throughout the past few years, and I hope to see him get his due, and assuming Latrell Mitchell won't be right for Origin, I think Campbell Graham's the perfect candidate to come in and do that job. So, um... Alright, moving into the halves. Cameron Munster from The Storm is my 5 8 of the week. Uh, he was at his best again in the victory over Newcastle. Scored a try, set one up, just looked dangerous uh, throughout the 80 minutes. And it's looking like this could be the most complete we've ever seen Cameron Munster in 2022. He's in tremendous form, and it could be his best season yet, which is saying a lot. Uh, Nathan Cleary is my halfback of the week. Penrith weren't great in that win over the Gold Coast Titans. They were losing in half time, I believe, 4 0. But uh end up getting the job done with an eighteen to four victory and uh the man behind that, the man that orchestrated that second half comeback was Cleary a try, two try assists and even when Penrith aren't going great like they were on Friday night, um, you know, they can always rely on Cleary's kicking game and I thought that he was at his best in that second half uh last weekend and bonus points for going up and um seeing a, a fan in the crowd and, and getting his photos done with a with a um, you know, a young fan that that was in a wheelchair and It was just great to see the small moments, um, the the moments that don't really get reported of in rugby league and seeing Nathan Cleary out there and, you know, give him back to the fans, which is good to see. In my forward pack, I've gone Tom Burgess uh, from the South Sydney Rabbitohs and Fisher Harris as my props. Tom Burgess had his best performance of the year for me, over 200 metres, scored a try. He was influential in the South Sydney victory over Manly and, you know, they weren't great despite having a man advantage for 71 minutes of that game. We'll get into that more shortly, but... Um, you know, Manly were courageous, and Tom Burgess really lifted CS forward pack with Cam Murray and um got Manly's uh, forwards tied, and, and their players tied, especially in the middle of that field, in the middle of the ruck, and Sioux Sydney eventually took advantage, and I think Tom Burgess was a key component to the Rabbitohs dismantling Manly's defence near the end of that contest. Uh, Fisher Harris, I think, had his best performance of the year also. He's had a disrupted season so far with injury, but I think that he was at his best uh, for Penrith on Friday night, and as I mentioned, they weren't great Penrith, but um, he was a forward leader like he always is, and he, he stepped up when it mattered. In the second rows, I've gone Kurt Capewell from the Brisbane Broncos. Great performance last Thursday against uh, against the Sharks. He really led his forward pack, and that's basically why they signed him and Reynolds. Reynolds stepped up two weekends ago against the Bulldogs and really left lifted Broncos to a win. And you just see uh, how much confidence, how much more confidence the rest of the Broncos forward pack has. This year, um, not just with Payne Haas and everything he can do on the field, but with that forward leader um, in Kirk Cable to really direct them, and they're going to miss him and Haas both this weekend uh, when they take on CF Sydney. Ewan Aiken, my other second row from the Warriors, uh, I think he was the best player in the field last Saturday afternoon, scored a try. I think the move to second row from the centres has been a uh, masterstroke um, over the past few years, and I think Nathan Brown's really getting the best out of Ewan Aiken In a really scrappy game against Canberra, I thought that he really stood up. In the lock position, I've gone Josh King from the Storm. Now, he is just an absolute workhorse. Um, You know, you thought that the Storm would lose a bit with um, some more players departing at the end of last year, including Dal Finucane, who's just such an inspirational voice in the team and such a leader, as we're seeing um, the great work he's done at Cronulla when he's been on the field this year. But Josh King's really come up um, through the grades and really stood up. He made over 200 metres on the weekend, um, about 30 tackles, and he's just... uh, a workhorse that every team would like, um, that that always plays and, and competes in every play of the game, so Josh King makes my team of the week, and on the bench I've drawn Cody Walker from South Sydney, great game, um, and really led Sydney in that game against uh, Manly, Ruben Cotter from the Cowboys was at his destructive best, um, in that upset victory over the Eels, Xavier Coates, three tries against the Knights, and number 17, Scott Drinkwater from the Cowboys, I think that it was a mistake starting him um, in reserve grade to start the year, I think that um, to his credit, Todd Payton has realized that and really adjusted the spine of the Cowboys to make Drinkwater um, get you know start every game. And they've got the hammer on the bench, um, hammer so for but they they seem to be finding a good balance uh, on whether, when to put him on the field and still keeping Drinkwater out there because he's so destructive with the ball. He can make things happen and um, just a lot of attacking opportunities uh, get created when Scott Drinkwater has the ball. So that is my team of the week for round eight. As I mentioned, a big round of preview this week. Let's get into all the action with my Round 9 footy tips. And it all kicks off tomorrow night up there at Acor Stadium. And the action all kicks off, as I just mentioned, tomorrow night, 7.50pm, up at Sydney's Acor Stadium, the previously named ANZ Stadium, when the South Sydney Rabbitohs back at home again will host the Brisbane Broncos, who had a huge upset victory over the Cronulla Sharks last weekend. Both of these teams coming off a win The Broncos coming off two wins in a row, and both of these teams find themselves with four wins and four losses to start their campaign in 2022. South Sydney are undefeated at home this year. They're 4-0. On the opposite side of the spectrum, they actually have not won a game away from home. So it just shows you, despite the fact that they played at Central Coast last week, that South Sydney are really better for being in Sydney and playing um, in front of their local supporters up there in the borough. And it's going to be a big game tomorrow night. I mean, Seahs has got a few changes. Um, Isaiah Tass has kept his spot in the centers with Tane Milne available from suspension, but he's been named in the 19 jersey. Blake Tass done a great job at fullback, so he keeps his spot there. Um, and the bench is interesting. Havili's still there. Selly comes back into it with Liam Knight, but Jackson Paulo's still on the bench there for South Sydney. He didn't get on the field last week, so it's going to be interesting to see um, how it gets used. Uh, Shakae Mitchell, Latrell's younger brother, was... Enormous in his debut last week. He finds himself out of the 17, out of the 25 altogether this week. But it was a good debut and, and good signs of the future there for Us And really, last week against Mealy, it wasn't a great performance. I mean, they really um, struggled throughout parts of that game. And even with, you know, the send-off um, call to Carl Lorden after the dangerous tackle on Kim Murray, which, by the way, I didn't have a problem with. I mean, I could argue that a, a sin bid would have been sufficient, but... And, and there was no malice there by Carl Lorden, but, and so I don't know if he should have got his four-week suspension, but it was a very dangerous tackle, and you can't put guys in that position, um, accidental or not. When you put that neck in that position, it really has a very high chance of, of causing serious injury, and luckily Kim Murray wasn't hurt, but I thought the, uh, the the punishment fit the crime in that case there for Carl Lorden. As I mentioned, I would have been happy with Sinbin, but I thought it was evident that something needed to be happening on the field, and I thought it was a good... Um, you know, it was a brave decision by the referee on the field that day to uh, to make the call to send a player off in the game, which we don't see too often in 2022. Um, but yeah, Souths weren't at their best. I mean, I thought Cody Walker, he struggled at moments, him and Lachlan Ilias, but I thought they both stepped up uh, when it mattered and really directed South Sydney around the field. I thought that Murray was excellent. Tom Burgess, as I mentioned on the team of the week, he was just at his destructive best and really helped South Sydney through the middle. And he's finding himself starting again this week, which... I think in the past, it'll be Nichols or Selly, and you would have Tom Burgess with that impact on the bench, but he'll find himself starting um, because of that performance last week, and I just feel like they're travelling along pretty well at the moment, see us diversing at Brisbane Broncos side, that uh, without two of their leaders this week in Kirk Capewell and Payne Huss, and you know, how do you cover for those losses? They've got Patrick Carrigan back in this week, and Ryan James will come back in and help you out as well, but... Um, those two forward leaders, they are their forwards, really, when you think about it. Everybody else kind of gets around them and steps up around them. And they're playing some good football at the moment, at the Broncos. They're string of wins together, and they're really making it hard for their opposition. Even when they get outclassed and get beaten, their opposition really has had to earn it this year. And, um, you know, I think that's in credit to what Kevin Walters has built, the culture down there with Reynolds and Kewit Capel coming in. And I think that Tia rubarton has been really good at fullback, and they're just really building with belief, Every week down there, the Broncos, and I think, as I mentioned in my predictions at the start of the year, they are a finals team in twenty twenty two and I've seen nothing to uh deter me from that opinion from that prediction, so um, I'm really liking what I'm seeing from the broncos it's going to be a good game up there on Thursday night. Uh, I'm actually going up there in attendance. I'll be in the borough as a South Sydney supporter. So hopefully we can get the two points, but I think that CS are really going to have to earn their victory. And really the Rabbitohs are completing with the worst completion rate in the NRL at the moment. If there are any chance tomorrow night, they've got to improve that. I mean, I think they're currently sitting at about 60%, 65% for the season, which at the end of the day is just not good enough. They're making 13 or 14 errors a game. We know what the South Sydney are capable of. We saw it last year in the grand final with that run, how they got there and... Um, really took everybody by surprise. And even after Latrell Mitchell, you know, got ruled out, and he's, he hasn't been there again for the majority of the year this year. So I think CS are very much capable of improvement. They've just got to really hang on to the ball and, and, and learn to, you know, not clock in and out of matches. I haven't seen an 80-minute performance out of them this year, and I think Brisbane are going to fight them for every every metre, every inch in this game. But And I think an upset's extremely possible, but I just I, I hesitate to tip Brisbane without their two forward leaders, and I think that... Um, throughout the rocks, see how Sydney can make more meters through Totola, through Burgess, through Arrow, Kalama Tong, he's always a danger, and Ken Murray, the inspirational leader. I don't know if the Broncos have the troops to really combat that, apart from Patrick Carrigan, who should really boost him with his return. But overall, I've got how Sydney in this game by one point, but I think it's going to be a tight match. I think that uh, Brisbane are definitely going to have their chances. how Sydney's defense haven't amazed me this year. They conceded 22 points last week, and their attack still seems a little bit clunky. So uh, Brisbane in a prime position to really upset CR Sydney here and take the two points. But I've got the Rabbitohs just hanging on because of uh, a couple of missing forward leaders there for the Broncos. So I've got cs by one in this game. Friday Night Football kicks off at 6pm from GIO Stadium up there in Canberra with uh, two teams that are going to be very desperate for a win, both of them. The Canberra Raiders, who have... Had a huge tumble down the ladder in recent weeks um, versus the Canterbury Bulldogs, who got their first win in six games last weekend. Uh, you know, not without controversy due to field goal running, training sessions, and... The talk of who's the real coach there and does Trent Barrett actually have control of the club? Well, they came out and they answered the critics. They won that game. It was a tough win against the Roosters, and I don't think many people gave them a chance in hell. I didn't personally. Um, I thought the Roosters would get back to their best, but the Roosters were clunky like they have been over the past month of footy. And the Bulldogs really took advantage. I thought uh, Flinigan and Burden controlled the game better than they had um, over the past month or so. And they got some space out to the Fox, who scored a couple of tries and their forward pack really set a platform there for the Roosters. I still don't think it was a great performance, but they definitely did enough to get the two points, and um, they'll take it gladly and, and try to carry that momentum that they gained last Saturday night into this Friday against Canberra, who, um, you know, yet again found themselves leading at halftime. This time it was by eight points, 20 points to 12, and there was only one try in the second half, but it was the Warriors that got the two points at the end of the day. Matt Lodge... Um, had his controversial lay down for the penalty to tie it. And then the kicked the field goal in extra time via Reece Walsh. But, you know, Canberra, they've got to be better at closing out games. And I know they're down troops at the moment, um, not helping them. And to my appreciation, Jared Croker will play his first game of the season. I've been calling for that for quite some time on the show. But Jack Wyden, their star playmaker, out for two weeks due to suspension. So they've got Frawley in with Snyder this week. Uh, Vellame got dropped Fully returning Jared Croker but there seems to be something missing there at Canberra at the moment Ricky Stewart's got to find the answers he's got to find them fast because their season's very quickly slipping away and I don't know what the problem is but I just feel like they get in the lead they clock off and they can't just they can't hang on to get the two points and I feel like their forwards' efforts have to be questioned at times. I don't know if we're getting, seeing the best out of Papalehi this year or Elliot Whitehead. Um, I think Ryan Sutton's done a serviceable job, and Tarpane's probably been the leader of their forward pack this season. Adam Elliott and is an interesting choice because you've got Starling there, but obviously he wasn't setting the world on fire. So Ricky Stewart, 40, needs to make a change. And then in the outside backs, they don't seem to know what they're doing. One week, they got Raffin at fullback. The next, they've got Charles, Nick Hodstack there. Savage is in and out of the team, and obviously Croker's back this week, so I just think Canberra at the moment, they need a little bit more um, consistent kind of line-up, and, and they need to get their spine sorted out, and obviously Widen's are forced out this week, but I don't think they can get much um, rhythm and, and, and much uh, time together if they're constantly chopping and chasing the half. I mean, Snyder's been the the constant so far this year, and obviously it was supposed to be forwardy spot before he got hurt, so I just feel like their playmakers really need to step up, but the playmakers can't do much if the forwards aren't laying a platform, and I think the Raiders got a big job ahead of them this week against the Bulldogs, because I think the Bulldogs really gained a lot from last week's victory. I'm actually, I was pretty impressed by how they played, despite the fact that, you know, their errors still remained and their last tackle options weren't always the correct ones. I really thought like they played with a certain intensity that it had been missing um, for the last few weeks, probably since that Easter uh, Friday game against CF Sydney where a couple of things went their way, uh, went wrong, didn't go their way, and they end up losing that game. So um, it is the Canberra Raiders' 40th anniversary celebrations this week of the club, and how better to celebrate than bringing back their top point scorer in Croker back into the team. But I just think there's an ambush waiting to happen down there in Canberra, and it's always hard for an opposition team to go down to Canberra and win the game, but I just think the Bulldogs... Really kick-started their season uh, last week. And don't get me wrong, I don't think they're going to be finalists. But I think they've got some more wins in them. And at the moment, I'm more confident tipping them um, who, who seem to have composure with their lineup. I mean, Dufty, Bird and Flanagan, Marshall King, they've all been under pressure at certain points of the year. But at least they're established and they've played with each other for eight rounds now. Canberra just keep chopping and changing and via and suspension and other things. I just feel like they can't get any rhythm, and I think the Bulldogs will expose them this week. I've got Canterbury by 10 points in this, a bit of an upset here, and I just think that if Canberra do lose this game, panic stations are going to emerge there um, at the nation's capital, and Ricky Stewart's got to find a way to get this team back to its best, but I don't think it's going to be this week. I've got the Bulldogs by 10 points in an upset. The game of the round sets to light up Friday Night Football as the main event. At 7.55, the Penrith Panthers host the Parramatta Eels from their home ground, which they haven't lost since 2018 in BlueBet Stadium up there in Penrith. And the Panthers, they just keep finding a way to win. 8-0 to kickstart their season. They're the only team in NRL history to do that two years in a row. And credit to them, they weren't at their best last week, but they got the two points uh, from behind against the Gold Coast Titans, losing 4-0 at half time, They really responded after a, a very disappointing half of footy. Um, in the second half there, Nathan Cleary led them home on the back of some powerful runs by a couple of guys like uh, James Fisher harris and, and kick here. But they're versing a Parramatta Eels side that confidence has been rattled over the past few weeks. I mean, three weeks ago, they lost in Golden Point to the Tigers. Then two weeks ago, they, um, bounced back against uh, a very disappointing Newcastle Knights side. They responded last week and they weren't in the contest against the North Queensland Cowboys. The Cowboys were heavy outsiders to win there in Darwin, but they came out full of intent with Parramatta just could not match. And they were blown off the park. And, um, Things weren't clicking, that's for sure. Jacob Arthur's been dropped out of the team this week because, uh, let's just say, Parramatta fans were not happy about the switch between him and Dylan Walker. And uh, Brad Arthur basically explained it was forced because of the injury problems they have in the centres there, uh, the eels, and from all reports, they're trying to get Jackson Paulo from South Sydney immediately to come over and fill that hole, but they're boosted by the turn of overcheck this week. He slots slot straight back into his position. Brown's back at 5'8", and Jacob Arthur's out of the team, and Really, when Brianna Moses start the year off spectacularly, I, I don't know what the thought process there for uh you know Brad Arthur there was to change that combination. I mean, I know that they had their centre injuries, but they've got other options there. They got guys like Nakora or Bryce Cartwright that can come in there and, and fill a slot until you get a centre. I just don't know um if you've you know invested so much time and effort into your halves if you're just going to be willing to change them to put a reserve grade 5-8 into the team. And don't get me wrong, Jacob Arthur could have a very promising future in the NRL, but it's clear that he isn't on that level yet. So to put him under that sort of pressure and put him in that environment, uh, for me, he was only destined to fail. And um, you know, for a club that's under so much pressure that haven't won a premiership for over 35 years now you've really got to think this is their last roll of dice with the current squad before they go through a rebuilding period. And at the start of the year, I said, that if the Eels do not make the grand final this year, then 2022 is a disappointment for them. And I stand by it. It'll be a failure of a season if the Eels cannot get it together and make a grand final for the first time since 2009. So um, it's a huge game this week because, as I said, they were poor last week against the Cowboys. For the usual platform of Campbell Gillard and Paulo and and Lane and Pabalihe and Nathan Brown to all make metres, their big foot start and forward pack, they usually kind of breeze through the middle um, of opposition's pack and and make a lot of easy yards. They didn't get an opportunity last week because they were just battered by the North Queensland Cowboys, who were tougher, more intense, and wanted to win more. They had so much more enthusiasm than than the Eels that it's very concerning. Parramatta. They need a huge performance this week to bounce back, and it's just typical Parramatta. You'd see them beat the Melbourne Storm like they had this year, and then they'll come out and lose to the Tigers, and, you know, not show up against the Cowboys, who, as I mentioned, they've had a great year. Don't take anything away from the Cowboys, but it was a game that the Eagles were heavily favoured to win, and they just did not show up on the day. So, I mean, they're going to have to be at the absolute best if they're going to stop this Penrith side, um, who I mentioned, they haven't lost the game at home since 2019. They, um, They've just been really setting this competition up a lot. As I mentioned, last weekend wasn't their best performance and I don't think Ivan Cleary and the folks at Penrith are going to be too happy about that but they're just going to refocus on basics this week. Get back to uh, the football that they know they can play and as I mentioned, even when they, they have a bad performance, they're still um, stepping up and winning games when it matters and I, you just see the talent in this squad and you just know that when you watch Pender, if you're watching a special team play, and at the moment no side can really get near them, apart from Melbourne, who they play next week. So it's going to be a uh, it's going to be a big battle on on Friday night because the Eagles can start this game off well, and this week their forwards can really get a roll off and lay the plat a uh, roll on and lay the platform early for Parramatta. Then we've got a game on our hands, but if Parramatta show up like they did last week, they're going to get flogged. They're going to get fifty put on them, and um, it's going to be really heartbreaking for all their fans because I tell you what. After last week, Penrith are going to be fired up. They're going to be ready for this contest. There's going to be a sellout create up there at Blue Bet. And Parramatta are going to have to be their absolute best to stop that and stop that momentum that, that Penrith can carry so quickly, get so quickly at Blue Bet. I think Blue Bet's worth 12 points. And at the moment, I'm not convinced Parramatta can score 12 points against the Penrith side. So um, it's a big week. It's a big week for Parramatta's season. Um, if they lose this game... Um, but they lose it and they compete, they can get a lot from it. But if they just get trounced come Friday night, then their season could start to become damaged beyond repair. So it's a big game. It's only around nine, I know. But um, they really need to make a statement this week, Parramatta, and say that they're not premiership pretenders, that they're premiership contenders. And I don't know if they can do that. Mitchell Moses and Dylan Brown are really going to have to start, step up um, if the Fords can lay a platform and really trade opportunities um, to somehow crack this Penrith-Pampers line, and Clint Guston's been quiet over the past few weeks, he's going to have to be at his absolute best if there's any chance to stop the uh, the juggernaut that is the Penrith-Pampers. I've got Penrith winning this game, but I've only got him winning by four. I did actually consider Tipping Parramatta, but based on, you know, how they played last week, I think they will bounce back, but I don't know if they can bounce back enough to stop um Penrith, who are just flying at the moment, and you know, I don't even know the last time they looked like losing a game at Bluebet Stadium. It's time for my favourite time of the week, and it is Super Saturday, and the action kicks off at 3 p.m. up there at Four Pines Park when the Manly Seagulls host the West Tigers and Manly get some much needed troops back on board, but they've got a few problems of their own before that. Carl Lorden sent off last week in that game against the Rabbitohs. We'll talk about that more momentarily, but he's going to be out of action for four weeks. Jason Sarland and Brad Parker are both injured up for a month, so they brought in um, Ben Chirojevic. Kuala's kept his spot, and so has Tupanua there um, for Manly, but the big return this week, Tommy Turbo, back on board for Manly, and um, he's going to provide a much-needed boost, and we'll see how he gets utilized this time around, because at the start of the year, they seem to really just um, you know, pass at to Tommy and hope things happen, but they've really been braver the past month. mainly they got some wins without him and I feel like they got some confidence despite the loss, you know, last weekend, 40 to 22 against CF Sydney. They really fought and they fought hard despite being the one man for 71 minutes of that contest to the point where they winning 10 to 2. So I was really, really happy. Um... Really happy with their performance. And I think that Tommy coming back on board this week, they're going to be a team, a hard team for any other team to to match it up with. And I feel like, um, mainly, this could be a big game in relation to their season. If Tommy can come back, have a successful return with Cherry Evans and Ola comes back in this week. Schuster's back on board. It's the first time that combination is playing together this week. Four and had his best game that he's had in several seasons last week. Um, you know, a miss speculation that Schuster wants that five eight position. So I feel like they're motivated, they're ready to go, mainly, and I think that uh, they're in a key part of their season. They find themselves four wins and four losses, and they're versing a the Tigers team that you know they were on a roll. They'd won two games in a row, admittedly both by one point. At when they went to Win Stadium last Sunday, and it was a bit of a dr in fair. They they were up half time, but the at half time, but the Dragons managed to come home with a wet sail and end up taking the game twelve to six. And really, I just feel like. The Eagles game was a really impressive performance and showed you how the Tigers can play when they're at their best, but I just did not see that in the win over the Rabbitohs, because I thought the Rabbitohs were awful, and to credit to the Tigers, they ended up clinching it and getting the two points, um, and I just feel like that intensity that we saw from that game against Parramatta two weeks ago is no longer there at the Tigers, and don't get me wrong, they're trying hard, but results aren't going to go their way every week, and Brooks and Hastings now, that combination, other teams are seeing it, and they know they've got to shut it down, and it's making it harder for them every week. The forward pack, I just feel like, isn't competing enough compared to some of these teams. I thought it was a good battle last week against the Dragons. But the likes of uh, Tamo, who has been playing some good football the past month, but the likes of him, Tualangi, Musgrove, Alex Safar, some of these young guys have to step up because I think you are going to be up for this contest. I think their forward pack is stronger. and um, Well, I don't think that, you know... They're going to play awful by any means. I just don't see how the Tigers get close to Manly this week. And, um, you know, I, I just feel like it's an important stretch of the season for the Tigers as well not to, um, when they start getting things to go against them, to really get rid of the, the platform they've laid over the past few weeks and keep consisting with they know what they know can work and can get them wins. But um, it's not going to come easy. And I think that with Tommy Turbo back on board, Manly will be too strong this week. I've got Manly by 18 um, to kickstart Super Saturday. The second game of Super Saturday kickstarts at 5.30 when the Sydney Roosters host the Gold Coast Titans from BB Prince Stadium. And aren't both of these teams horribly out of form at the moment? The Sydney Roosters, it hasn't clicked this year. Their harsh combo, um, they both seem to be controlling the team and trying to run footy at the same time, and run the footy and create opportunities at the same time, for in Walker, and it's just not gelling there at the moment. I think their forwards have been poor this year. Uh, Angus Crichton has been good over the past few weeks with the likes of Hargreaves, Victor Radley, um, not playing their best football. And I think that Verrill's, um you know, is in that kind of return to footy kind of period for him because he's missed so much footy at the moment that he's not getting enough momentum to the forward pack. And while that's happening, Tedesco's playing the house down at the back, but they're not giving their outside backs enough opportunities there, and the Hawks really finally control the game, and they didn't respect the Bulldogs last week. They thought they were going to come in there and get the easy two points and get some momentum back on the board. In my opinion, they underestimated them. They paid the price, and, you know, for a team that I predicted to win the grand final at the start of the year, they are not travelling well at all, and I know we've seen the Roosters rebound several times in the past, but it just seems like it gets harder for them. Every week they continue this... Uh, lackluster form that we're seeing. So they need a big performance this week. they are ever a Gold Coast Titans side that I've been very critical of uh, in the podcast, and I was cri- very critical of them last week. They uh, they did step up a little bit. They were winning in halftime 4-0 against the Premiers, the Panthers, but they couldn't maintain it in the second half. Uh, the news this week coming that Fafita is going to be out long-term for them. Um, Brimson, I think, was their shining light last Friday night in a DI contest. I thought he was electric at fullback, and he looked like um, the Alexander Brimson old, the A.J. Brimson old. And I think that the Tyrants just look better with Will Smith and Sexton as the half. So maybe that's a foundation they can build on um, and give those guys some time this week. I still think that Campbell's got to be in the 17 somewhere. I still think that... Um, Corey Thompson, who is back in the team this week, I think he needs to be consistently there. But for me, the Titans just don't have to stop here to compete against the good teams in the competition. I think that their halves have really underperformed this year. Waker hasn't had the same impact he usually has. Um, Proctor, firmer, Um, you know, they're def- they're going well defensively, but none of these guys are really, including Big Tino, none of them are leading the forward pack to get yards and really get over the top of the opposition forward pack, and I don't think they've done it this year, the Gold Coast Titans. So if they're getting tranced and they're making 30 metres a set while their opposition's making 70 or 80 metres, I just, I don't see good things for Gold Coast this year. I think they're actually in contention to be the wooden spooners this year from what I've seen over the past eight year rounds. I think they're the biggest disappointment packages of the year. And I have said it last week, I think Holbrook should be under a hell of a lot more pressure than he is. I think mean, Gold Coast need a win, they need one soon. Well, that pressure is going to mount, and... I would expect a change in, in who's leading that club, whether it's the players on the field or a coaching change. Gold Coast has just been pathetic um, this season. And they're two wins, two-point win over the Warriors, two-point win over the Tigers. It's not good enough, and they need to be consistently better because I didn't have them in my top eight. I haven't ran 10th, but a lot of people did, and there's expectations up there for Gold Coast. they got to be careful because the Dolphins are coming in next year, and they could be lost in the shuffle and be regarded as the worst uh you know, Queensland team for a long period of time, despite a team coming into the competition next year. So, very disappointed by Gold Coast. They need to step up. The Roosters need to somehow find their rhythm. And, you know, I think it's got to be through that link man and Bradley to get Kyrie and Walker playing the best football. I mentioned it last week. I didn't see it last week, but I still think um, they'll have enough to bounce back this week, the Roosters. And Tedesco is playing such good footy that eventually... Um, the rest of the team's going to step up with him and they're going to win some footy games. And I think they're not going to get a better opportunity to win a game of footy than they will this week. And if they don't beat the Titans, they're in real trouble for their season. But I think um, it's important for them not to underestimate their opponent. But I think the Roosters will be too strong at the end of the day. I've got the Roosters by 22 in this one. And the final game of Super Saturday features the Cowboys, the North Queensland Cowboys, hosting the Newcastle Knights up there at Queensland Country Bank Stadium. And up there at Townsville, aren't the Cowboys, um, said in the competition alight? a light, it's the real surprise packages of 2022. I think they've been fantastic this year, and that's coming from a person that predicted them to win the wooden spoon. I think that uh, Scott Drinkwater's been such a revelation coming back in their team at fullback. Dearden and Townsend have really done a great job this year, despite um, you know, a lot of criticism when that harsh combination was signed. And Tama Lolo playing increased minutes, um, him and Reuben Cotter, have really um, elevated the rest of this forward pack, and they're really stepping up and playing some great football. I'm seeing great footy from Gilbert, Nanai, Helium, Luki. It seems Griffin, Neem. It seems like whoever they put in these positions are really stepping up. And up there in hot conditions, up there in Darwin, Cowboys just took Parramatta to the sword last week. It was an outstanding performance. Um, they were electric. They really held Parramatta out early, and then. Didn't, you know, when things went wrong, they didn't change their game up, they stuck to their plan. And I think it's a, great, a credit to Todd Payton and everything he's been able to accomplish up there in 2022 so far. He would have been under a lot of pressure to start of the year. And even if the Cowboys fall away, I think they've still done better than most people would have expected. But the way that they're playing, I can really make a case for the Cowboys making the top eight at the end of the season. And this week, they're versing a team that, you know, couldn't be any opposite in form to them. The Newcastle Knights have been awful this season. Uh, ever since the first two rounds. The the wings over the Tigers and the Roosters seem like an eternity away right now. And you know, they re-signed Caelan Ponger, um, Newcastle and when they can't kick the you know, the kick off and they they're kicking down the full and they can't kick the kickoff to start the second half. And you've got Caelan Ponga laughing, um and, and you know, smiling in, in, in press conferences and, and interviews post-game. He's supposed to be their captain. He's supposed to be their leader. And I haven't seen that at all this year. And don't get me wrong, I met Caelan Ponga a few years ago. I like him. I think he's a good kid. But at the moment, what Newcastle needs is leadership. And I don't think he's been providing that at all. And for someone that's just been re-signed for over a million dollars a year for five years, he has to be the one to really dig him out of the hole and lead him up. And I have not seen that from Ponga this year. Um, instead, I've seen... Defence, that's questionable. I've seen him try to get involved in the game, but really he's been a non-factor in the contest. And again, you can argue that their forwards haven't been good enough, and they haven't. I think only two or three um, of them made over 100 metres last week in that domination against the Storm where they really got humbled and just showed you how much leagues they are away from the top tees of the competition at the moment. Um, They need to be better, and and Lachlan Fitzgibbons comes in this week, and he'll help them. But um, overall, they've just been... So uh, disappointing this year, Newcastle. Adam at 15th, but they're just not playing a good brenner of footy. They've dropped Jake Clifford, Adam Clunz, out injured. So Texoy and Finley's Crossland will be the half this weekend. And I just don't see them getting anywhere near the Cowboys. I think that um, at the moment, something's going to change quickly. I know they've got some troops coming back in Gagai. Wacham Fitzgibbon's back this week. Jayden Braley's going to be on back, back on board in a couple of months. But they need to find a way to win now. And I think as weeks grow, third of the pressure on Adam O'Brien... And I just don't see this getting any better anytime soon for Newcastle. And the Cowboys are just doing their thing, traveling strongly at the moment. I'm just very impressed by what I've seen. I am that the Cowboys in this game by 30 points. And if Newcastle don't step up in this game, then I think there's got to be a complete overhaul because um, if they don't show effort again this week, um, and again, they, they were trying last week against the Storm, but it just wasn't paying off. But they've got to show more commitment, especially defensively. Find a way to score some points or... I don't know where Adam O'Brien goes. Adam O'Brien goes from here, honestly, but um the Cowboys will be way too good for him this weekend. Alright, Sunday afternoon football kicks off at two PM up there or down there in Melbourne and Amy Park when the Melbourne Storm hosts the St George Illawarra Dragons. Good to see the Dragons win three games in a row. They're starting to play some good football. That desperate win over the Knights has really kick started their season and they really stood up with the emotional environment of uh, Anzac Day when they beat the Roosters. Last week wasn't as impressive of a win over the Tigers, but they were gritty. They didn't play their best footy. They end up getting the job done in front of a, a home crowd of, I believe, 16,000 at Wynn Stadium. And they're going to carry that momentum into this weekend. But they're versing a team in the Melbourne Storm that have scored 120 points in two weeks. They've been on top of their game. They've still been making errors. They're still not playing as good as they could. But they are trouncing teams at the moment. And it's on the back of uh, Ryan Pabahuis and Cameron Munster, Jerome Hughes and Harry Green. Their spine has been enormous. And... I think, um, you know, we mentioned so much of how it's important to win that forward battle and get the momentum early. And Bromwich, Nelson Osofa-Solomona, Felice Cafusi, these, these are some of the veterans of the competition and some of the best forwards that are running around um, in modern rugby league. And the emergence of guys like Josh King, Tyron Wishart, Loreo, Alex McDonald, Jordan Grant, these young kids from Melbourne are showing that they're still going to have plenty to offer when this forward pack leads to the Dolphins uh, next year, all of these forward packs. So, um, Harry Grant is just a form player of the competition at the moment other than Tedesco and Powerhouse, in my opinion. He's been electric at a dummy half. I mean, the space that he gets um, seemingly from nothing and the, the opportunities he's able to create against the lesser teams are unparalleled, and I, I think that he even carries that form into the big games, and I just think that he's going to be the long-term Australian hooker for the next five to ten years. Cook's still got it for the moment, but, um, you know, depending on what happens at the end of the year, I think that we'll see Harry Grant at least on the bench for Australia and really being the uh, premier f- hooker uh, in the NRL for a long period of time to come. Munster's playing his best full season in the NRL and Haber Hansen was quite last week for the Storm. Um still somehow I got 107 super coach points. I don't know how because um you know why he was playing a, a a good game. He wasn't doing anything spectacular, but I feel like he um he's having his best season to date in the NRL and um, he really has shaken off the, those HIA problems he had near the end of last season. Um, and I just think the Storm are a power force at the moment. I don't see how the Dragons get near them. I, I think that Jack Bird and Ben Hunter are a good hearts combination and really helped the Dragons um, this year. And I think that he'll try to muscle up amongst the big Jack Bird. And I uh, I think that that will help the Dragons and if they can really step up defensively like they had in the past few weeks and they might limit the amount of points that Melbourne can score but no one can limit Melbourne fully and the the strike power they have all over the field and the Dragons are going to have to be at their absolute best to get anywhere near them and I think that they have been playing you know, confident football as of late but I just feel like the Storm are going to have too much when push comes to shove as I said the Dragons are improving I just don't think they're on the Storm's level yet and I've got the Storm by 18 points Um, come Sunday, but I think that the Dragons will limit the amount of points the Storm will score. They won't be scoring 50 points this week, but I think that uh, they're going to be too classy at the end of the day against a a Dragons team that still has plenty of improvement in them. And the final game of Round 9 kicks off at 4.05pm at Point Bet Stadium up there in Cronulla when the Cronulla Sharks host the New Zealand Warriors the Sharks weren't at their best last week against the Broncos, who really out and out of them in that game. And, you know, while there have been the excitement of Sheens of 2022, last week Ty highlighted a few problems. And when things don't go their way early, the Sharks need to show a little bit more resilience to get back into the contest because I fought the second half against Brisbane. Um, they really lacked um, the ability to get back into the contest. And, you know, Moylan and Hines, it's a week-in, week-out proposition in terms of them learning to be a combination, especially Nico Hines. I mean, he's a running half back. They're both, basically both play like 5'8". Hines needs to manage that and improve on that game management side a little bit, um, a little bit more, despite how good he's going this season. They are welcomed back by the return of Dale Finucan this week. He comes back in the side. I think that he's really going to rev up their forward pack who, you know, weren't their best last week against the Broncos, who out-muscled them last weekend. And I think that... Uh, you know, he's going to add a lot of brute to him. Um, Teague Wilden's still playing some good football. Wade Graham had a successful return last week. So they've got plenty of troops back on board Cronulla. And they're versus a New Zealand Warriors team that did play great last weekend, but they got the win. But one thing that was really encouraging, from my point of view, was the partnership between Darjean Arcee and Sean Johnson. I think that Arcee coming over to his club that he sported as a kid, he was really excited for the opportunity and really stepped up against the Raiders. Um who are on top for the majority of the game, but credits to the Warriors are so hung in there. They found a way to win, and, um, you know, guys like Ewan Aiken, Jazz Tavunga, uh, Wade Egan, they don't always get the, the credit and the, you know, the due that they deserve, um, the recognition that they deserve. But um, I think they're doing a good job there for the Warriors who are just hanging in. They're not playing a great brand of football, and, but, you know, I feel like up there at Redcliffe, they're, they're really starting to get the most out of that, you know, home supporter base that they've made for themselves in 2022. But away from home, they don't seem like the same team. They struggle a little bit. They've only won one game away from home this year, and I just feel like Cronulla are going to have a bit too much for them this week. I think the Warriors, um, you know, they find themselves with four wins and four losses, um, just like Cronulla. They've got a lot of improvement in them, but I just feel like Cronulla are going to get, bounce back this week after a poor showing last Thursday night. And I've got Cronulla in this game by 14 points. All right, so those are my tips for round nine of the Telstra Premiership. Just to recap, um, on Thursday night, I've got the uh, South Sydney Rabbitohs being a bit too good for the Brisbane Broncos in a thriller to start the rounds. I've got the Bulldogs upsetting the Raiders on Friday night football. Penrith being too strong for Parramatta in a blockbuster game um, to main event Friday night football. The Super Saturday games, I've got Manly being way too strong for the Tigers. The Roosters getting back on track against a... Uh, and Deion... On luck, Gold Coast Titans team. We've got the Cowboys being way too strong for the Knights, so I think there's going to be three big score lines on the Saturday games. Then on Sunday, I've got the Storm being too strong for the Dragons and Cronulla bouncing back against the New Zealand Warriors. In Supercoach, I think that uh, there's a lot of cheapies this week. Isaiah Tass, in particular, is a good buy, 175K. He's got scores of 40 and 80 in the past two weeks. Tia Marie Marden has been really good. But if you're like me, um, you need to get your team up and running. And I think that Scott Drinkwater... Is a definite pod. Um, he's been playing some great football. Good run coming up for the Cowboys. And I think that um, he's even got, you know, the Cowboys as a whole have even got more improvement in him in 2022. So I'd be jumping on Scott Drinkwater. Um, I'm running about 30,000 this year. It's not my best season there in Supercoach. So I hope you guys are going better than me. Won't spend too long on it next week. We'll get into it a little bit more next week. But uh, my Supercoach advice of the week this week, Isaiah Tass, Tia Marie barden Scott Drinkwater. All right, let's move over to my bets of the week now, and um, I'm looking at the odds, and I just feel like, um, as I mentioned, those Saturday games are, are prime for the taking. Um, that you can get a couple of 13 plus score lines. I'd, I'd love to be on mainly 13 plus. I think they're paying about, you know, two fifty to do it. Um, them with the Roosters, 13+. Good bet, that. But my actual bet of the week comes on Thursday night, and Alex Johnson is four tries away from tying Nathan Merritt. as the Rabbitohs all-time leading try scorer, five away from taking the record. Now, I don't think you can get, you know, five on Thursday night, but I think we will see it in the next few weeks, and um, I think the Broncos' edges are still a little bit exposed, and... Um, their edge defense, even though it was better last week, I still think there's an opportunity there for CS to expose it. So I actually think on the tab at the moment, you can get $4 for Alex Johnson to score two or more tries. He loves to try, Johnson. I think he's got a better strike rate of 0.8 in his career. Um, and if you guys want some value, I think Alex Johnson to score two tries is the way to go this weekend. And that is my bet of the week. All right, no worries, guys. I hope you enjoyed the podcast this week. Sorry for the... Uh, the delay, it again, the technical issues have been fixed. We should be right to go next Tuesday, but hopefully I can get a perfect round. It's, I've only got one so far this year, and the last couple of weeks have been rough with some upsets. Um, I think we'll get a bit more, um, you know, on track this week in terms of traditional winners winning, but I think there's still some opportunity for us that I'm, I'm upset, and I think that the Bulldogs are good VAU. So um, I hope you guys enjoy your football this week anyway. It's going to be a, a big week next week for Magic Round. I can't wait for you guys to join me on the show next Tuesday afternoon. But I hope you enjoy your footy this weekend and I hope your team gets up and I hope we all get a perfect round. I'll see you next time on Steve's NRL Footy Tips.